Welcome to the Loss and Lifting Talk podcast. The show is created to help you find your confidence by breaking down the complicated science of training and nutrition and turning it into simple, but more importantly, practical solutions that you can implement right away to start creating real results inside your body composition. We don't stop there either. We dive into the mental aspect of fitness to not only build a better body, but a better life all around. Podcasts were the medium where I learned and grew as an individual more than any other place in my life. The goal of this podcast is to give that back to you to start building the exact body and life that you know you're capable of. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Jeremiah, what's going on, brother? What's up, man? It's great to be talking again. I know. I feel like we just talked like five minutes ago. <laughs> what's been going on with you, dude? You said you said something I did want to dig into, actually, because we did just record the last episode like five minutes ago. You said you were trying to get more jacked. Tell us about that. Yeah, I don't know what's happened, man. In the last couple of months, so my training over the last year has kind of been all over the place. Like I played a lot with like some strength stuff. I basically just been program hopping, which is like exactly what I tell my clients not to do because I've had a whole lot of structure. I've been like just trying to build out programs that make sense for different people with different types of goals. And I always like to run the programs before I um, like prescribe them to people, if that makes sense. And so I haven't had a whole lot of structure to what I've been doing, but in the last little while, for whatever reason, I, I go through these different phases. And, and right now I'm in a phase where it's like, I just want to focus on building up as much muscle mass as possible and really just simplifying my training, right? Instead of worrying about like so much in terms of like conditioning or strength, like I just want to take a few blocks and really just focus in on hypertrophy. And I've gotten really into um, a lot of Paul Carter's content, a lot of N1 education's content, a lot of like the biomechanics type stuff. And they're talking about things that like I haven't really dove into a lot in the past and like i've just been implementing here and there some of the stuff that like i've been learning through those guys with different types of movements and what makes most sense from a hypertrophy perspective and just kind of like teetering tottering with it myself right in terms of my training and have really enjoyed it and so i built out a few blocks of training and just figured i'm gonna take probably the next few months as long as i don't get sick of it like that's kind of how i go with my training is i'll follow something and have like a goal and plan until i get to a point to where like I'm not motivated to do it anymore and I'm starting to dread it, then it's okay, let's switch this up and let's put a bigger focus on strength. Let's include more barbell type work back in and different things like that. But I've literally, I haven't squat. My programming too right now is interesting because I, my lower body grows. I mean, you see me in person, my lower body grows a lot faster than my upper body does, right? I got a big old butt, <laughs> but uh, yeah, big butt and big quads. And um, I mean, my upper body, I have a good amount of muscle mass, but my lower body definitely dominates my upper body. And so essentially I'm running a push pull split, which, which are full body days, right? A push day, which is quads, chest, shoulders, triceps, and a pull day, which is hamstrings, glutes, um, back and biceps basically. But all that I'm doing for lower body at the moment is I'm doing a cluster set of leg extensions on one of my days. Then on the other day, I'm just doing a single leg leg extension. So essentially this is the same movement just to activate the quads. Cause I'm not like, I don't want to spend energy on my lower body when I know I have upper body to hit. So I'm just doing whatever is going to have the least amount of fatigue. That's going to just activate the muscle to make sure I'm at least maintaining my muscle mass. And then for legs, I'm essentially doing nothing for glutes at the moment for the last <laughs> probably two months at this point, just cause I don't need to right They're They're unproportionately big, <laughs> which is, which is funny, but, and then for hamstrings, I'm just doing a cluster set of hamstring curls 
And then everything else on both of those days is all just upper body focused. And so it's been a lot of fun in that aspect of it's, I'm, I almost feel like I'm growing out. You know what I mean? Just in the gym, training a lot of upper body, throwing in some leg extensions, some leg curls here, just to try to at least maintain what I have in my lower body. Hopefully I'll, I'll shrink my glutes a little bit to create a little <laughs> better proportions. But, but yeah, that's what's going on with my training right now. It's been a lot of fun because again, like I said, I'm not having to go into the gym and have that mental battle of, of squatting a lot of weight or deadlifting a lot of weight, which I love to do, but I can just go in and really focus in on like a lot of these exercises that really I'm learning from N1 education, from listening to Paul Carter and his philosophy on training and exercise selection and different things like that and implementing it. And it's made training fun again. So yeah, man, I've really enjoyed it. No, for sure. That's, I feel like in the last year or two, I've learned so much from those guys as well. They love to argue with other people on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. But, I saw like, what's his name? H- Hasim? Kasim? It's Kasim. Kasim? Kasim, whatever it is. Um, Yeah, I saw him take some shots the other day, but yeah. But like uh, for the listeners, uh, episode with Cody Moxley from N1. Oh, yeah, you had him on, huh? Super smart. Great. They all, like I've learned so much from all those guys, and that's by no means I've shot at at those guys. Don't come at me on Instagram Um, (laughs) (laughs) because I'm sure they all listen to the podcast. (laughs) 100% joking. Um, Anyways. Yeah, definitely like such a good resource. How's your, have you been hitting like, I'm trying to gain, maintain, what's that been like as far as weight? So for the most part, maintain. I started this whole thing at about 180, really three months or so ago, two to three months ago. And I'm weighing in right now around like 183-ish. Honestly, I'm not even tracking macros. I'm not tracking anything. I'm just taking, I'm eating sounds terrible i'm eating intuitively right but like that doesn't mean anybody can just go out and eat intuitively i've i've tracked macros for 10 years essentially so i can get away with bulking by just eating in an intuitive manner making sure i'm getting a solid amount of protein in each of my meals and then just making sure i'm weighing myself every day and tracking that trend over time i can kind of teeter-totter that way whenever i'm going into a cut i always go back to tracking macros if i'm trying to to lose but whenever i'm maintaining or gaining, I essentially will do it in more of an, of an intuitive manner. So, so yeah, I started around 180 and now three, maybe two and a half to three months in, I'm sitting around like 183, 184. So about a pound per month, maybe roughly, roughly about a, a pound per month, getting stronger. Like all my lifts are, are going up. And, and like I said, as I've been just listening to their ideas on like exercise selection and honestly taking out most of barbell work, like a lot of dumbbells, a lot of machines, um, essentially like not doing any sort of like barbell or barbell bench benches, not a whole lot like barbell rows, anything like that. Like a lot of cables, a lot of dumbbells, a lot of machines, um, really good mind muscle connection and like understanding the proper movements of my body with proper exercise selection, right. In terms of hypertrophy, which that's, what's been the most fun for me is that learning experience, like with different types of row variations. Like I posted one of my IG story the other day where you just simply set up a cable up high and then you use a, um, a bench and kind of leverage yourself on it just to pull your, your elbow essentially down into your hip, which is one side at a time. And I've never felt a better lat contraction in my entire life. And it's these, such these simple things that I feel like as trainers, like you try to get fancier over time in some situations, you know, um, and really it just comes back to doing the basics really, really well. And that's basically what I've been learning throughout the process. So it's been fun because I've always been the type we brought, we talked about this on the last episode. 
I feel like the evidence-based community got so down the rabbit hole of squat, bench, and deadlift. Essentially, those are the exercises you need to be doing. Like I think about the guys like Matt Ogus. I ran his, I think his 753 program yeah. back in the day. It was like the knockoff of the 531. Like he made his own. Did you ever yeah. run that? Well, I have it. I never ran it. But yeah. So I ran 753 for a while um, and some of those. And like I was under the conception that I needed to be barbell bench pressing. I need to be barbell back squatting. I need to be deadlifting. Right. And at the end of the day, those are, are great moves. And if you enjoy doing them and you want to get stronger, absolutely. But if your goal, but what happened to me is one knee started to get a little bit banged up because I'm always throwing a lot of weight on my back. Mm -hmm. And then two shoulder was getting banged up a lot. Like, you know, that you, the last few times that we've been able to train together, my shoulder's been jacked up for the first time. Like my knees feel good, obviously, because I'm not essentially doing much for my legs at all. So feel good there. And then like my shoulders in the best situation that it's ever been in, in a long time at the moment, like I'm not having any issues with it. And so, um, yeah, I'm just really enjoying what I'm doing. Good, dude. I'm stoked to hear that. I'm glad that that shoulder's feeling better as well. Cause it seemed like that was sucked. Yeah. Glad to hear that, dude. No, man, it is for sure. Like a, I, I think that actually I've gone too far in both directions at times. Like same. I know when I, then when I first got into in ones and didn't like quite fully understand, like when I like first understood like resistance profiles and strength curves and like how to match them up, but I didn't like quite actually understand the application of them as well as I needed to. Then it was like, okay, well, why would I ever do a movement that didn't like match like okay the movement gets easier as you get weaker right and then okay well sometimes we want to overload the length of position so not the short position and there's like a, but again like that even for some people can get somewhat in the weeds but absolutely i think that like speaking of what you said there like less and less barbell work very much is like where my training has gone as well like but i will say that one movement that i used to just despise but now is probably my favorite back movement is a barbell row especially really? the last uh -huh. It's very interesting. Like I always hated barbell rows. And, like, I right still do. <laughs> I did <laughs> the longest time. Um, and I'm still working with Steve from Revive Stronger. And he like had me stick it out for a couple months. And now like I have never felt a movement that just <laughs> to put it very scientifically just wrecks my back in really? the best way. Like those, like my entire like upper back, lats, everything. It's I love barbell rows now, dude. But also like. It took me a long time of working on them to get there. Um, yeah, it's a skill. Yeah, for sure. But to your point, like that, a barbell Romanian deadlift. Right now we have a barbell bench press in, which has honestly kind of, I will probably sub that out this next mesocycle. What has been three mesocycles now is, is kind of stalling out and it's not feeling as great as my, on my shoulders as it was for a bit. Mm -hmm. um, but that's like all the barbell. And I mean, I guess a safety bar squat, if you want to consider that a barbell. Even then, I'm someone that's training at home too. So, gym is growing, but I don't have a ton of like, I guess I have a decent machine access now, actually, but I don't have like a hack squat or like a Smith machine or anything of that nature. And still, it's like, I think most of the time, for a lot of people, for hypertrophy, like less barbell work probably makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And like for me, I was doing it for so long that I also think that it's important. This is on another tangent that over time, you need to be switching out exercises and variations that you're doing right like i was barbell benching for for some reason like i felt like i had to for such a long like it was almost like an ego thing like i want to get this as strong as i possibly can was my body changing it was like building a, a bigger bigger chest because of it like looking back no when i started implementing the, the barbell bench and like really trying to 
turn it into an ego thing and try to get it higher and higher. My upper body didn't improve a whole lot over like a two to three week, two to three year period doing a lot of that kind of stuff. And then just getting back to the basics of really realizing, okay, am I feeling this in my chest really well? Or am I just focused on trying to lift as much as possible and focus on thinking I'm focused on progressive overload, which is going to translate to my training. But if I'm not even feeling this movement where I need to feel it and I'm always ended up even, I'm always ended up injured. Like, am I really progressing? And that's the realization that I've finally started to come to at this point. Sadly, it's taken this long for me to realize that in my own training, because I can see that in clients training pretty easily. Right. And I feel like I can look at their situation very unbiasedly and adjust accordingly to help them achieve their goals. But then when you're doing it for yourself, it's always a lot harder. I, I can relate hundred percent, dude. And I think part of that too, I, most dudes especially are so attached to barbell pinch. I know mm-hmm. I was there. I feel like a lot of times it almost takes like a shoulder, an actual shoulder issue to be like, okay, I can do a dumbbell bench press. I can like progress a dumbbell low incline bench press or whatever. I will say even then though, like working back in our barbell bench press and like hitting 225 or 10 again was like, fuck yeah, dude. Like You love it, huh? Like it's just an addiction to it. Still, it's like, cause I had none of, I had no progress like a barbell bench press for a good like what I hurt my shoulder in 2014 so it's been like seven years I guess and I was I was I was pretty stoked about that dude but it, after that it's like okay um but yeah teens a ways away it's like that's gonna take that's gonna take an injury or two to be able to get there you know <laughs> that's a good point but I mean yeah no I agree anyways cool yeah well, I've been I've been cutting what yeah, how's just, that going? I'm sorry, I haven't even asked you about that. When did you start? Okay, dude. Um, we've just started. It's been what, like ten days? So, so you just got into. It. I thought it was a little bit longer than that. No, so actually, I've probably thrown together about twelve days now because I started on like Saturday, uh, the Saturday before last Saturday. Where are so, calories at? Twenty one hundred to twenty two hundred. Oh, you got aggressive fast. Oh yeah. Honestly, though, I would prefer that, man. Like, I, I, my first photo shoot prep was a nine month cut. And ever since then, it's like, I would rather just get this shit. That's long. Yeah. And it was pretty slow, but like the end result was great. But now it's like, I mean, I know how to diet very well. Like, and that's like, for me, it's just like, I'm going to weigh everything. I'm going to weigh my spinach. I pretty much created which I've talked about this more and more, like there's a lot of pushback against meal plans. And I agree like meal plan in and of itself, like we don't give clients specific meal plans because we're not actually teaching you. But I also think there is some merit, like when you're dieting to like, okay, this is a pretty typical day. But like, so what I did and what I've been having clients do more and more is like, okay, create a template of like a standard day of eating that you like that hits these macros. You're still gonna track, but like it is pretty easy. Like, okay, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I don't really like have that much time to think about my food. So I can just eat what I ate yesterday. And like, once again, it repeat, like hit my macros super easily. Um, basically I've just done that. Like for me, I don't mind eating the same things over and over, which has made it so much more like, like even during my last mini cut, which was like 1800 to 1900 calories. It was like day to day. I was like kind of winging it. Fuck. Okay. Like spending so much time, like trying to figure things out where that's like been like, I think dietary flexibility is important, but two, I think that like people almost can take it too far to where it's like, just so on like meal plans work in the short term for a lot of people because they give you so much structure, right? Like you don't have to think about it (laughs) long term. They don't work because you don't have to think about it. Right. So you don't actually like learn. 
Um, so kind of like with clients, more like, hey, like create like a standard template. Of course, like we're tracking and we're gonna talk through like how to make weekends at work or like literally if anything else comes up that you wanna eat today versus like what you have here, like you're, you can just plug it in, all right? We're flexible dieting, so. But that's been like a very, for me, it's just made it so much, like I haven't had to think about it. Um, so I started at 2.32, started my building phase, like this time last year at 2.05. 2.32 was the end. Um, so and I mean, across the course of the year, that's like, what, two, 2.5 pounds? Were you relatively lean at 2.05? Yeah. Were you? But I mean, I'm I'm six three two, so that's, yeah. That's but uh, yeah, I was pretty I was pretty lean. Definitely didn't end as lean, but hopefully there's some muscle underneath there too. But yeah, we're aiming for like we're aiming for two to three pounds loss per week, um, which is definitely pretty aggressive. But it's just gonna be a ten week cut. So the cool thing is like at the end, I should end up right at two hundred five again. So it'll be cool to like compare where I started versus where I'm at. Um. But yeah, dude, it's going, it's going well so far. Granted, like there's going to be that big drop in glycogen and water, but let's see, as of this morning, I was 224.8. So it's already been a pretty Dang. big seven pounds, seven pounds in about eight days. Again, like that's not a realistic rate of loss, right? Like we know probably yeah. from like my calculated deficit, I'm probably losing about two and a half pounds per week, right? So by the end of this week, I would say realistically, I'll probably have lost five pounds of fat. But again, like that's dieting pretty damn aggressively too. Like there's the, I, I don't know if you've heard this a lot, but I've heard a lot of people say like, don't drop below like body weight times 10. And it's already like, okay, we started below that. Right. Yeah. And it's, but it's also like, for me, like I was walking like 4,000, 5,000 steps per day. Like I was training six days per week. So I didn't have much time for movement outside of that. And you, you get it. You know how this mm-hmm. is. Like, we basically oh, yeah. have got the standing desk now which helps but i'm jealous about that it's, it's been going well dude i'm stoked about it i'm i'm stoked to be leaning in because I, <laughs> it's such a long like such an investment period right when i have clients that i'm taking through a build for a while it's so easy to lose your motivation during the building phase right because you're not looking better nothing's really changing your training you're progressing in your training which if you can look at it from that a performance perspective it can be a lot of fun but like that mental battle of continuing to work your ass off to not really see a short-term reward from it in any sort of a way and to know that you're gonna have to go through another grueling cut before you're actually gonna look better like it's just it's that in it's a lot of sacrifice up front for not much of a return for quite a long period of time. So it's hard, but um, I'm excited for you, man. I'm excited to see what, are you planning on doing like a photo shoot at the end of it or what's your plan that are just kind of going through it and playing it out? I don't think I would get shredded because the goal after that, the goal after that is to, once again, we're just going to start building. Um, are you? You're trying to get like, as jacked as possible. Oh yeah. I feel like I've learned it like in this last year of building that like my next but the thing is I just like couldn't keep building and I was getting to the point too where like I'm getting fluffy enough to where like I'm starting to feel like shit I feel like performance isn't quite as good some of that's probably in my head sure. definitely was in my head too but I'm also ready to like look like a lift once again absolutely uh, even from the you, I, like you get it from the psychological perspective like when you're leaner you look so much more jacked oh yeah <laughs> and it's nice to just remind yourself like hey uh, that, that said it has been cool to me to like go through um the last year of 
I think one of my the hardest things for me about committing to building was feeling like the our coaching company was built around and the, like this like I'm changing I'm going to change the name of the podcast as you know we're, re, we're rebranding and whatnot as well because it was all built around like being lean and that doesn't like align with and even at the time I feel like like naming the podcast living lean was something that I struggled with but more so now like it's been cool to see that like very much our coaching company is built on us being good coaches not like Kieran my shredded on Instagram and that's why we want to work with him right sure because things have grown so much in the last year too so that's been cool to see but maybe I'll probably do a photo shoot um I want to and again this is a long game but up in 2022 I think I want to get on stage damn good for you uh, dude how much did you weigh at your last photo shoot? So the last photo shoot you did was with Cody, right? You got, yeah. Okay. So how much did you weigh and how long ago was that? That was. Cause you were shredded. Yeah. Like you were lean. Dude. I looked though, like the pictures, I was so skinny. I feel like, uh, the pictures, I, the pictures look great, but I mean the natural bodybuilder, okay. like <laughs> you're as lean as possible. Like you look like shit unless you're filled out. No, for sure. And that was like those, the day of the shoot, I was 180, like the day Damn. before, but that was like when you're the most depleted, right? Like sure. before that I was basically 185, right? Okay. Bounced back to 185. But I know like for sure I have a lot more muscle mass now than I did then, especially on my lower body. Um, so I'm excited to see, I would say now to like be that shredded, I would hope it would be somewhere between like I would hope it would be around 195, 190 to 195. So I know I've built, I I built a good amount on my lower body for sure. Um, but anyways, we'll see. I think that, but again, like long game, like that being the goal, it doesn't make sense to get like photos. Like I'll probably do a shoot, but I won't be like that ripped, right? Because like to get to the point where it's like, okay, now we need three months to actually just get you back to normal from the diet before you can start building again that kind of takes away from long-term. Whereas I want to like get lean, which will potentiate like another year of me building and then like document the journey of like, okay, this is now me getting ready for stage. Right. Mm -hmm. I love that, man. I think that that like plays, like you mentioned the, your brand and like what it's set up around your coaching company, you're living it. You know what I mean? Like you're going through the phases, you're continuously building just as you are. And like, thinking about the long-term and the investment period into the building phases and everything you do. And I know that you, you base a lot of your content around that, right? Like if you want to look like you lift, you're going to have to spend time lifting and eating enough to allow yourself as you go through those cuts to be able to look like you lift. So it's, it's really cool just to see you living that message, which like, I would like to think that I'm the same in terms of the core message of my company, right? It's more about like, it's not about creating the absolute best body composition that you can and, and going through all the nutritional periodization. And like, it's just not the same perspective on it. I guess that yours is, it's more about like how to make training, like something a part of your life that helps you find your confidence and to get into um, a better body composition and to like stick to the goals that you set for yourself. If that makes sense at, at the end of the day. And, and like, that's where I'm at with my life and the message that I push. And that's what I would like to think that I live through like my training nutrition and how it impacts my life. Right. And then to see how it does for you too. Like, it's just cool to see those two perspectives. I guess I never really thought of it that way, but it's really cool. It is dope to see too, man. I feel like both have grown a lot as we've gotten much more in alignment with that, as opposed to like, you know what I mean? 
Whereas so like, easy to get to like the people you're around to try to emulate what they're doing instead of just stepping into who you are and owning it. I struggled with that for a long time. Oh, me too, dude. And that's what like, well, I don't want to leave all these people off the table. I don't want to like hurt anyone's feelings by like saying we don't take clients that don't track macros or like, but it's, it's crazy how much that is actually typically like from a coaching or like even from a happiness perspective, like how happy you are with what you're doing, but also from like the ability to grow things. Like it's crazy how much I think like, like that coming in alignment, which I also don't think like, I don't know about for you, but I don't think I could have like done it any quicker regardless. Like I think it's part of just like the growth process, right? Just growing up and like understanding more, even like what are like our values? Where do I want this exactly to go? Like, does that make sense? 100%. I couldn't agree anymore. And I think that comes from continuing to figure out who you are over time and learn to step into it. You know what I mean? When you begin, it's all about how can I get clients and how can I appear to the masses to just hope something sticks. And over time, as your message gets clear, as you get more experienced and you get more confident and realize who you are as an individual, you start to realize my business is basically a like for me to be happiest in my business and most fulfilled, it needs to be a reflection of who I am because that's true branding, right? I can step into that and it's as authentic as possible. And when I communicate with people and when people come into my systems, they're going to be like, this is exactly what I expected to get. You know what I mean? That's very important. And as a new, like when I'm talking with mentor clients or people who I do consults with just to help them in their business, try to help them realize that from the get. But again, you're trying to figure out who you are and you're like, for me, we talked about this. I think this was just in the last episode that we did. One guy that I really looked up to when I very first started and gave me a lot of inspiration was Jordan Syatt. And I was almost trying to copy Jordan in a lot of ways and his messaging and thinking, because that's what worked. Right. And what I didn't realize was he was just being himself at the end of the day. And it worked because he was authentic to himself. And I would try to like emulate how he was in different ways, which um, was awesome. I honestly did that with Cody for some time too. Um, But over time, I've just gotten more and more comfortable to realize this is who I am. And my business needs to be a reflection of who I am to step into full authenticity so that then people may look at me that same way as I looked at Jordan or I looked at Cody in the future. You know what I mean? It, it's that evolution. No, no, absolutely. I couldn't agree more, dude. And I know I for sure did the same thing with Cody for a long time because like I thought that one, he had the business that I wanted, but then like it, it, that for the same for me was like a very powerful thing to realize that that wasn't like, or like, okay, wh- whoever I like know that like, oh shit, I just found out this person that I was really crushing it. Like so many people are hopping on board with them. Like, okay, what are, what are they doing? Like, how can I emulate them? And it's like not, it's not the answer, right? And I very much, I think like same thing, like when you are practicing what you're preaching or you're living your message, I feel like I've talked about this with so many of my clients that are coaches, like personally, I think one of the most important things you could like as a coach is to be able to like any situation you're handling, training, nutrition, whatever, am I managing this? Like how I would tell my clients to manage it, right? And that's actually kind of off topic to what we were talking about. I don't know really, I actually don't know how that relates, but for some, for some reason, it seems like, like being, living a life that's congruent with your message, right? Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, no, man, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I completely lost my train of thought there, but I think we're on the same page. Sounds like we're in a, a good position to hop into some questions then, huh? Oh, actually our first question very much aligns with this. Um, we have, 
How was the start as a trainer? Still deciding if pushing it or not. So basically the thing he's asking, like how was it starting out as a personal trainer? He's trying to decide, he or she. I think it might be a girl actually. I always thought I was this person likes quite a bit of my content. I always thought it was Gabriel, but I think it's Gabrielle. So oh. either way, Gabriel, Gabrielle, shout out to you. I'm sorry if I confused your um, gender. Anyways, how was it starting for you as a trainer? Very slow. <laughs> Super slow. Um, I started posting content and I started, I got certified. I don't know how many years ago that was at this point, seven or eight years ago, maybe when I very first started. And I thought when I would get into it, the clients would just start flocking to me right? Everybody's going to work, want to work with me and I could help people get in shape. And I knew everything. And it was extremely slow. As I began, I started helping a few people in person. And then at that point I lived in a small town that needed another gym. And that's when I ended up actually like I had worked with probably 10 to 15 people in person for a couple of years before I actually opened up the gym. Um, in the first place, then I opened up the gym and then that helped me be able to get a lot more experience, work with a lot more people in person because my credibility was just higher. And if people came into the gym, naturally they needed training. I was the only trainer that we had. I was able to work with a lot more people in that aspect, but it was very slow. It took a lot of helping people for free and just learning as much as I possibly could and realizing that I didn't think about this at the time, but those first two to four years of training I didn't really make any money. I wasn't supporting myself through training by, by any means. It wasn't like a full-time job. It was me building up the experience to be in a position to where I was actually worthy and capable to be able to help more people and, and pay me to be able to support myself and my family over the long term, right? But very, very slow. And then as I transitioned into online, that was even slower, honestly. It's, even, it's harder to get clients <laughs> online than it is in person. So when I decided to make that transition, that it was another two years of, posting content on Instagram religiously, right? And trying to show my face on um, like my stories and trying to get comfortable, like creating videos and stuff. I remember I would drive to my job every single day, which was about 30 minutes from where I lived. And I would put up my camera on my dash of my car and I would just try to talk to the camera to get more comfortable talking to it. Just saying the stupidest shit. Like if I had to go back and watch those, I would... If, I would cringe so much. I know that I would. Luckily, they're gone from the, from the world and nobody will ever see them. But I would just try to talk to it just to get comfortable in some sort of a way. And I always had this mental battle with the camera, right? I could never get comfortable on camera. I always felt like I was so stupid. But I continued to just try and try and try. And then TikTok showed up a year and a half ago, right? And like I've been putting in the work and like trying to articulate my thoughts and trying to help on camera. I wasn't posting a lot of it. It was always just like doing videos. Um, and then TikTok popped up and had been religiously posting on Instagram. And that had worked out pretty well. Like I was to a point to where I had a good amount of clients, probably had like, I think it was probably around like 25 clients from Instagram. And then, like I said, TikTok popped up and I've been spending all that time trying to, to do videos, not posting a whole lot of them, but always practicing. And then, I mean, a year and a half later, after I've been on there, blown up for me and it's been one of the biggest contributors to our business growing but again I started training eight years ago and now I'm at a point where I you could unquote unquote like successful however you want to say it's supporting me and my family full-time and um, living a much more comfortable life but it took a long time so I know that's a long answer but if you're wanting to go at it you have to realize that 
it's a journey. It's going to take a long time before you get to a point to where you're going to be able to support yourself. But today, like there's different opportunities in, in different areas, but, but yeah. I, I, I agree 100%, man. Very much like, and it depends on, I'm not sure what Gabrielle or Gabriel wants out of this, but very much it's, it's a long game. If And again, it's like, hey, do you want to work with people? Uh, very much from like a financial perspective or even from a recognition perspective, which straight up, I think there's like a lot of most people's motivators. I know that they were like, they were and are some of my biggest motivators. Um, I'm trying to be better about like, just like being okay with putting that out there too. But sure. like, um, same thing. Like I started 2014 was when I started training people. And we're old, dude. I know it's crazy. Uh, <laughs> that's well, that's 70. It's almost exactly seven years ago is when I started. Yeah. We started roughly about the same time then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's crazy that we started about the same time. I'm so much more jacked than you. <laughs> it's because you live in your brand, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm a program hopper. I'm joking, dude. Um, but yeah, and I know like the first, so for me, it was like the first year and a half. I was at the rec center. I probably trained like 10 around 10 sessions a week and that that was definitely like a it wasn't like a grind I was taking because I was still in college so I was taking classes too it was just like a very part-time thing um early 2016 I started at a big box gym and that was like right around when I graduated I mean it was very much like the next what then through 2019 like the I left the gym when did I leave the gym? What it was October? I guess it was October 2018 was when I left the gym. Um, so like then through October 2018, it was very much like that was definitely like a like I was there from 6 a.m. till like 8 p.m. most yeah. every night. That's a grind, but, dude. In person, it, that long, that's a grind. It was like 60 sessions a week. But the thing about wow. that one, like I think you're the same way, man. Like I've been very blessed with like I'm a very futuristic thinker. Like I literally, which is crazy now to be here. And I don't appreciate this here as much as I should. Like mm-hmm. when I was talking to the website guy about like, he was like asking me to dig deep in my story the other day. And it was so cool to be like, like I had in the notes on my phone every morning when I was driving to the gym at like 5 a.m. I was, I would read through the notes on my phone and I had like this vision of like, it was basically like my reminder of why I'm doing this. And basically it was like the business now, which is so fucking cool. Yeah. It was like, it fires me up to talk about this actually, but it was like, this is why I'm doing this because in like three years, four years, five years, this is where I'm going to be. So this is why like every day, no matter how like tired of <laughs> tired I am, I have to just fucking over deliver and like give these people an amazing service because this is what that's going to lead to. But if I like do, sh- if I have asked this, it's not, I'm not going to get there. And that's like, I do think like for most people, probably some in person you'll probably be a better trainer if you train people in person first absolutely but if you're not like if you're not there for it which and i would say like on flips uh, i don't know if it's necessarily harder but like you have to be on to be like train people in person too right like you have to be on top of your shit like you can't just be like it's a grind like, yeah it is very much because it's like you get to do this like 12 hours of like <laughs> you're taking on people's emotional baggage and you're fired up. Yeah. Whereas like if you're emailing, like you can, you don't have to at least like put as much energy out there. I would say like, of course, still the quality of work is so fucking important, but it's like, not like 
you're not actually like it's more intellectual exactly exactly as opposed to like actually putting energy out there and like seeming super peppy like you can mm -hmm. write super peppy or you can even record a video that seems super peppy but again getting a little off topic but again like that was like a couple what two and a half to three years of that um and i mean i mean even by that point like 2017 was when i started writing for mind pump um and that was like also again i knew all along that i wanted to build my online business but i just wasn't doing shit about it and that was kind of the thing where like okay i'm gonna start writing for mind pump and i hopped on the phone with my pump sal he's like listen man within a year you can have like a six-figure online coaching business and I was like, let's go like I'm, I'm ready dude let's do it he's like all these people are gonna be funneled to your social media and whatnot so i started writing uh two blogs for them a week i did that for like a good year and a half who checked um, those for you like you would write them and then you would just send them to them and they would like go through it or like would you just like they just trusted in you to write it and it would go up on the side as far as i know i don't think like sal or any of those guys actually looked it up because it, it kind of pisses me off too because a lot of our business is from seo and like sometimes i'll go and like i'm trying to like find like trying to like be one of the top ranked like mm -hmm. blogs for a specific set of keywords and then it's like my blogs for my pump are <laughs> like the ones that i like can't be anyways are uh there, are you linked in those blogs yeah you are yeah. that's nice uh, it, that is that is nice but regardless it's like a so and i know like we talked about this too like and he was like, you got to start posting on Instagram every day. So like since 2017, I know I, I'm, I'm never breaking the streak. I don't think yeah. Yeah. Talk about, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt to talk about this. 2017, like again, that's like, and I, I'm not sure what this person like wants out of this, but again, like since 2017, I post every day on Instagram, right? Every like, day. You've never missed a day. I'm not fucking missing, dude. That's I had to delete, like when I left the gym, I think I had to delete like which broke my heart. I had to delete like 300 and some pieces of content. I had to delete so much when I left the gym as well. But what, uh, just because like it was conflicting, it was like in the gym or like client transformations for the gym and whatnot. Um, but that is a different story. Anyways. Uh, so even then, like what, like the end of 2018 was when I left the gym, even then, like, I think I had five ish, online clients not very many the business was tiny but basically it had come to like hey things are kind of at a breaking point like i have to choose to go all in or i can like stay here and be comfortable so i decided to then like still i feel like it took a long even like the building the online business i think was even harder than like like when i was at the gym getting clients wasn't hard right yeah because you still have the gym like people come in if you understand sales you understand how to actually help people you can very easily like but it's different I the leads are given to you like they walk through the door hot it's different exactly. when you go online exactly um but yeah dude and then i feel like still like again to get to the point where i felt like i was successful i don't think happened until like and I mean, I guess it depends on like what's your metric of success is because, because I would also say, and I think you probably agree with this. Like, I don't think you ever necessarily feel like, all right, now, now we're good. Like, I don't want things to grow anymore. I think like I didn't hit my goal of like, okay, this is, a, if I have this many clients, I'm like good. I can never want another client or like this much money. I could never like want more, which again, always expands. But like my like long-term goal, I didn't hit that until I was like, six years in right it was like yeah. this time 
last year, right? So I think like it's very similar to what you're saying. I think it's definitely depending on what you want out of it. If it's like six and like still like a, I feel like our brand relative to a lot of people is pretty tiny, right? Like I think financially. You think about like where did they start though? You know, you don't know. Like how long ago did they start on their brands? Like if you think of some of those, the right. big big brands in the well, industry, sure. like where did I'm sure they have similar stories. And they probably been at it for longer than we have. Like you think about Mind Pump, those guys, like they've been at it for, I mean, you were writing for them when you started and they're huge. They're one of the biggest probably fitness companies in the industry, but how long have they been doing it? Or same thing, like Jordan Syatt, he started training yeah. when he was like 13. It's yeah. crazy. Like even then, like what he's probably like 30. I don't know. Yeah. He's roughly our age. Yeah. But so that's the thing too. I think that from a financial perspective or a recognition perspective, it's definitely a long game. I think for most people, it's at least like, I would say you have to be able to commit to at least five years, right? Yeah. It's like, and that's what I feel like. And I think, again, it sounds like for you, very similar, like five to six years. I think that's when, like for me, and honestly, I would say, what, okay, seven years ago. So yeah, five, about like that five year mark was when I felt like I was really like, okay, now I'm seeing the returns from all this work. Yeah for so long but it gets definitely a long game yeah absolutely the cool thing about that too is when you get to this point that we're at like to get here i don't i don't say this to gloat or anything but to get here is hard right because there's not a ton of return for it but and you have to have that blind faith like this is going to work out in the long run if i just continue to be persistent this is going to play itself out and i'm going to get that return on all of this investment that i put in well the cool thing now is that you've lived through that and so what's exciting for me is like, where am I going to be in five years? If I can keep up this level of productivity and um, not allow myself to get comfortable because I've reached that first goal, where can I get next, right? How far can I be five years down the road? Again, it's going to take a lot of work, just as much effort as it took me to get to where I'm at now from starting from ground zero. But then where can it get to? When can I then like have that be in that position to where I'm where I'm looking at the guys that I look up to currently. And the only thing in my way of that is time and effort. It's not like, am I capable of that? I've proven that I'm capable of that because I've proven that I'll go through the shit to do what I need to do to get to where I want to be. So the only thing that becomes in your way at that point is time, right? Like just putting in the reps day in and day out. And on my phone, since I've started, when I opened up the gym back in 2016, I, I was huge into Gary Vee stuff. And would always listen to his stuff. I'm super grateful that I found him at the time. I don't listen to his stuff quite as much now. And I know certain people love him, certain people hate him, but he has a lot of really good messages just in terms of like working for free and putting in the effort and, and everything like that and, and being patient. And he had like a, a wallpaper that I downloaded um, that says quit or be patient. And I put it on my um, back screen of my phone way back then in like 2016, right? When I opened up the gym, things were slow. Wasn't, nothing was really moving along. Um, I, and I put that on the back screen of my phone and it still sits there today. Like you can still see it sat there for like, yeah, for like six years at this point, five years at this point. And whenever I'm down or anything and I go to open up my phone, I always see that in the background. So like when shit's going bad or, I, or somebody cancels or I don't make a, a sales call or shit's slow or something goes wrong, like I can just look at that and it says quit or be patient. It's like, suck it up, like gain that perspective. You can quit and end up regretting it in the long term, or else you can just continue to be patient and continue to put in the work. And as time has already shown, it will pay off. 
but only if you continue to put in that effort over the long term. And I have that conversation with a lot of clients about their training and their nutrition, people that are wanting to see a quick result from what they're doing, right? It's like, no, you're going to have to put in this work, blindly trust that over the long term, over the long term, shit's just going to work itself out. And as long as you can do that and force your results to follow your actions, like you're going to end up successful in the long run. But it comes down to that blind faith from the start, which is hard, but you have to just accept that it's going to suck. It's going to take a lot of time. You're going to get pissed. You're not always going to be motivated. But as long as you continue to give that effort over the long term, good shit's going to happen for you. No, for sure. I have that same conversation so much with like, you're not getting the outcomes you want. Okay. So what are your options? What can you do? Either A, exactly like to a weird extent, like very similar to what you said, you can quit or B, you can continue or, hey, let's look at what can you be doing better? Like what can you continue to improve within your tracking accuracy, within your training, whatever. Um, but same thing with business, dude. Again, like I know I've come to that point so many times where it's like, fuck, like, <laughs> like why things aren't growing like I want or like, you know, there's like that one week every month where it feels like everything's just falling apart, right? And it's like, okay, what am I going to, like, what can I do? Okay, I can quit or I can like get back up. What can I make better? Like, how can I improve whatever it was that caused this issue in the first place? And again, I think like very similar to what you said, it's cool to like, and I don't think that I've seen this either until like the last year or honestly, even like till the last six months to realize like, A, I'm not ever going to quit. Right. And B, like, like you said, like, once you prove to yourself that you're capable of doing this, things just keep growing. Then it is cool because I have the I've had this exact same conversation with Katie, like, and she's probably sick of hearing me just talk about this. That's my wife, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel I I very much try to like, as of late, I try to like tone it back and not talk about it. I'm glad I have like you guys and like yeah. my buddy lives in the same apartment complexes with us. Like we just talk about it so much, but I feel like for her it has to be like. Anyways, I tried to I definitely try to dial that back too because, but anyways, it is cool to like like the only thing in between. And that's very true for like physique development, things of that nature as well, to an extent. Mm-hmm. Very true. The only thing between most people is just continuing to put in the work and uh, more time. 100% but, dude. Yeah, the, our, my background on my phone has actually been a picture of me and you dude for. No, it's not. <laughs> no, no, I was going to say. <laughs> for the last like three years, my, uh, that's funny that like that's yours because for the last since Atomic Habits came out, whatever that was, I'm pretty sure that was in 2018. I'm still reading that right now. Such a good book, dude. Yeah, it is. But mine has been a James Clear quote that is, a simple question with potentially wide-reaching implications. Can my current habits carry me to my desired future? So it's funny that like you have something. That, but like it's very similar to like, okay, quit or be patient, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing. Okay, focus on like, what am I doing today? Is that leading me what I want long-term? um yeah dude, this conversation fired me up do you have anything yeah. else to add? no i like just to fit like that's the key to life that's the key to success in anything that's not just being a trainer or changing your body composition that's your relationships your finances whatever it is that you want to achieve it literally comes down to that like a solid effort always trying to get better always trying to learn so that the the efforts that you're giving are smarter but at the end of the day it just comes down to realizing that without the effort and the patience and the consistency over the long term with that blind trust, you're not going to accomplish anything. So right. yeah, I think we crushed that. And I think that the one final thing to add on to that, which we talked to, which we touched on there about always trying to improve. 
or like not just hey i'm going to continue to do i think it's also important to like analyze how what you're currently doing is working right where like i agree 100 percent like continuing to plug forward is so important but also like okay is what i'm doing basically is my effort good enough or like is the quality of what yeah. i'm putting in whatever it may be like is that good enough to get me to my desired outcomes right like i know for me one of the biggest shifts in my content was like looking at my content from the message of or from the perspective of if i was someone else consuming my content would i want to work with this person like is it good enough for my own standards and i was like no like this shit is trash i hate how it looks the writing is sloppy so then like i feel like that's such helpful but anyways any other thoughts on that no awareness is key i think that's basically wraps that that portion of it up but i think you got another question i have one more this will be a quick one um what are some good assault bike add-on workouts to increase aerobic capacity good assault bike workouts none i hate the assault bike <laughs> yeah fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> i hate the assault bike um they're looking for like actual workouts that they can do at the end of a, a workout that's going to help increase their aerobic capacity yeah i would you mind if i dig in this one quick no go ahead go ahead i feel like i'm cutting you off now i feel mm-hmm. bad dude. go ahead bro you're good uh the thing with aerobic capacity is like very much it's not just if we're talking about aerobic capacity specifically it's not just going in and smashing yourself like post-workout so the thing is like most like we could do like a an all-out sprint for 40 seconds right but that's that's more your anaerobic systems than your aerobic system basically aerobic capacity is going to be can we sustain like working at a sustained pace and either progressing distance or time which they're kind of the same thing right but like it would be like okay either a um like let's say i'm on the i'm on the assault bike and i'm going at a pace of what is it is it kilojoules that the assault bike counts or is it just calories right i i'm not sure i think it's calories okay you got like okay. watts that's that's what i was looking for watts um okay so this is like my watts per minute or revolutions yeah. per minute or like a specific target heart rate I'm either like doing intervals of, okay, I'm sticking at this target heart rate for this distance at like this amount of revolutions per minute. And then like next week, okay, maybe it was like, I uh, did that a bit further as far as like my distance or so like typically uh, it's easier for me to visualize for some reason, like a row or progression where we have like meters I feel like I always like take so much more thought to program this for a soul bike, which typically I would use like the rower for something like this, but it's like, okay, week one, I'm going to do 2000 meters at a rate of, so let's say like a quarter mile at a rate of uh, 60 RPM, right? Week two, I'm going to do 0.4 miles at 60 RPM. Week three, I'm going to do point five miles at 60 RPM. And then like, it's basically like progressing your aerobic system is basically like progressing the amount of time we can sustain a specific pace. So you have to be working at a sustainable pace to continue to progress that. Or like we can like do the same amount of time and slightly increase that progression, but it still has to be like, it still needs to be relatively long time periods for most people. So for even getting into like 
less than two minutes for most people, it's not a great aerobic progression because people tend to lean on their anaerobic systems more. Um, yeah. Does that all make sense? No, it definitely makes sense. There's one, tell me if this makes sense. So there's one, um, way that I'll program that is like week one, you'll run, let's say roughly 10 minutes at a sustainable pace, rest for five minutes, then run another 10 minutes. Week two, maybe you'll run like seven to eight minutes um, and then rest for like three to four minutes. And then you'll complete that two more times. So you go for two rounds, then you'll decrease again and you'll go down to like five minutes, but then you'll take like two minute rest times in between and you'll run it for four rounds. So you're increasing the rate over time um, longer and trying to at least sustain or even get a little bit quicker in each of those weeks with the shorter intervals. Exactly. Yeah. It's basically like you're increasing volume, right? And yeah. That's how, yeah. So, yeah. Same thing. Typically it works. Like that's like, that's perfect. It's like, okay, week one, we're doing like, let's say we're doing one 20 minute interval or we're doing two 10 minute intervals. Week three, we're doing three, eight minute intervals. We're yeah. doing three, seven minute intervals. So we still added a minute, but pace is the same. But again, we're like progressing the total distance traveled at the same rate over time but keeping but, it more sustainable because you're able to do do it for less amount of time you're just going to do more rounds of it so like the sustained pace can stay as high that said like as an add-on workout like it's the aerobic progressions are something that's hard to necessarily like hey we're just going to tack on quickly because you can't just be like a couple rounds of sprints like typically if it was an add-on what i would say is like Hey, we're going to do five to 10 minutes. You're going to maintain a heart rate of 120 to 140 beats per minute on this. Yeah. Focus on maintaining that, try to maintain your pace. Honestly, I think that's typically like the, and if that doesn't have to be specific to the assault bike, but like past that is like any other, most things on the assault bike are just like fucking brutal. Terrible. I would choose the rower. I'd rather do the rower. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I would as well. Nothing like the lactic acid accumulation in it quads from is like the worst yeah do you think that you're like from that lactic acid buildup that that creates muscle gain mm, i think there's actually i think actually lactic acid is incorrect i know there's i've read about this but i don't know how i don't understand it well enough to put it in the words like lactic does lactic acid specifically cause muscle gain well, just from the assault bike, like spending that much tension oh. on the assault bike and building up that big of a pump into your legs over time. Mm, I mean, that's kind of in like the debate of like, does metabolic stress cause muscle growth, which is probably an indicator, but it's also like, okay, so we know like we've got the monocle, models of hypertrophy, right? We have mechanical tension, metabolic stress, muscle damage. Um, if it's... We know mechanical tension is probably the primary driver. Muscle damage is uh, kind of iffy if it matters at all. It's thought that metabolic stress might be, but we're also not going to design a training program just around like getting a yeah. right? I would say it could probably mildly contribute to it because there's all the things like the cell swelling. Um, again, just all the metabolite accumulation is yeah. not help. Um, if nothing else, like it's going to bring a lot of nutrients to those muscles and like more blood flow, probably a little bit. I mean, like cyclists have jacked quads. Yeah. Yeah. But, and calves. That's true. So I just have jack calves. I feel like <laughs> my <laughs> wife just got a bike, like with the skinny little tires. Oh, yeah. You know, I've never rode one before. It's actually my mom's cause she came down for Easter weekend and my wife's been looking for one. And before we're going to buy one cause they're expensive. 
Um, mm-hmm. She's going to borrow my, my mom's for a little bit of time just to get comfortable with it. And I started cruising that thing. What night, Monday night or Sunday, maybe it was Easter night. I got on it and went for like a three or four mile ride. It's actually yeah. pretty fun. Like you get end up with a massive, massive leg pump from it. The little seats suck ass because they're so small. It's like, yeah, that, that's terrible. That's super uncomfortable, but, um, it's really fun. I I've been looking into like potentially getting like, since we're in Southern Utah, looking into getting into road biking or mountain biking or something outside like that. I don't love to hike. It's okay, but I'd rather do something like that so we're the complete opposite of that dude i hate biking so much but i really? love like i love going on a hike or like floating the river and like stuff like that we do all the time uh but it's the complete like i love a good like i just love a good walk or yeah a good hike but like, i love a good walk i don't love a good hike <laughs> there's tons of people out here on bikes on the hiking trails and that shit just looks so exhausting yeah it does look exhausting we were, I actually went on a hike with my wife on saturday and there was a bunch of mountain bikers passing us they're just getting so much further than we are so much faster i was like damn like i want to be up there <laughs> but it does look exhausting you're right <laughs> anyways um cool dude do you have anything else you want to add i don't think so man i think we touched on a lot of really good stuff here i really enjoyed this this episode i think that there's a lot of value here especially for trainers and not even just for trainers like the first part of that conversation, especially that first question that you asked, just realizing every aspect of life, right? I, I did a podcast on this earlier before we hopped on. I recorded one by myself talking about that understanding of um, there's a quote about just being process oriented rather than being so goal oriented. And when you place your like fulfillment and your satisfaction in the process rather than on the goal, it actually puts you in a position to be able to reach those long-term goals at the end of the day, which I, I just think that that's so powerful because it's not talked about enough and not enough people realize that. And they think like, Oh, poor me. It's my metabolism or my hormones or like, I'm just not smart enough to be a, a full-time coach or whatever it may be. And really it's just time and effort that's stopping you, which I think is super powerful and more people need to hear. So I'm glad that we touched on that. Likewise. Absolute fire, dude. I think that's a great way to end it. Absolutely. I appreciate it, dude. Absolutely. Thank you all for tuning in. We will talk to you guys next time.